one that we talk about all the time between us is that we think that there's a big misconception that women don't help each other. Welcome to Fempreneur Secrets Podcast, where business secrets are revealed. My name is Huda and I'm the founder of Fempreneur Secrets, an online community for women to start and grow their business. I created this podcast to inspire women from all walks of life to get started in business. They're all meant to be step-by-step so you can take quick action into your life and business today. Let's get started with today's episode. Today, I have with me Rudy, and she is the founder of the Participation Agency. So Rudy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So maybe you can share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do at the Participation Agency. Sure. Um, I, my name is Ruthie Shoulder, and I am the co-founder and CEO of the Participation Agency, which is a creative agency based in New York, but with projects all over the world. And at the PA, as we like to call it, we focus on experiential marketing. So we create uh, marketing campaigns that are rooted in some form of live experience and that have a very big digital strategy around it. And my role is really focused on business development. So really everything as it relates to the growth of the company from sales strategy to actual marketing strategies for our clients. And then in addition to the business development, I'm also really responsible for high level client relationships and high level actual marketing strategy. Wow, that sounds like a lot of things that you guys are Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the you know the biggest clients that you have that maybe our listeners are familiar with? Yeah, we definitely have some big clients we're not allowed to mention. Um, but oh, no. some that we can are Amazon, Airbnb, Audible, Tito's Vodka, Red Bull, clients like that. That's nice. So that's actually a lot of really big and renowned brands that you have worked with. So I wouldn't go deep into that. I think that's a little bit private over there. So maybe we can dive deep into the essence of the participation agency itself. What are like the common misconceptions about women in business and how can we overcome them? Yeah. So this is something that my business partner, who's also a woman, and I talk about all the time because as, you know, female business leaders, especially in the media and entertainment space we work so hard all of all of us in media and marketing and and entertainment work so hard every day to really be like strong females in this space but I do think that we're still coming up against so many misconceptions and there's one that we talk about all the time between us is that we think that there's a big misconception that women don't help each other and Mm -hmm. we don't think that that's true anymore and I think that the you know the narrative of women in the workplace of the 90s is that everyone is competitive and women are bitches and nobody (laughs) wants to uplift anyone else and everything is just me, me, me. And like, we don't think that that's true. And we see so many supportive groups of women who maybe they need a little bit of guidance on how do you help somebody else and how do you find strength and confidence in your own career so that you can be like making tons of introductions for other people or getting your friends promoted or doing things that we see men do all the time. You know, a lot of that is just really about like having a very open Rolodex and being very open to uplifting all the women around you. But, you know, that's something that we still see all the time. And I 
I think that I don't think women think it so much anymore, but I think that for the few women who do think it, it still gives the rest of us kind of this aura of that this is a thing that still persists. And then I think that men pick up on that and they kind of play off that a little bit. We actually started a networking, a women's networking community in partnership with some of the Soho House locations, like actually based on this very concept of how do you create open community that is solely focused on helping other women in their careers. And it's been really powerful and people have gotten jobs off of it and formed business partnerships. And it really just comes from being super open and again, having the confidence to open up your network and share your contacts and also so, you know, be bold about what you need and be bold about what you're asking for. I think as women, we're so conditioned to make ourselves small so that other people around us feel comfortable. And I think that makes so many business events and business opportunities harder for women because we get stuck talking to people about their kids or talking about the weather and we don't know how to end a conversation or we don't know how to really be bold and really ask for the thing that we need, which is an introduction to the right person or a piece of advice or some tips on how to negotiate for a higher salary or even just friends to push you to say you need to leave this job it's really toxic for you whatever it is we get really stuck in some of these softer conversations because we're just really really conditioned that way and socialized that way and I think that once you find community where all of that really falls to the wayside you can really be a piece of the story of breaking through all of these misconceptions that's really nice actually this is something um, that you have pointed out quite correctly in a way <laughs> because I believe that a lot of women being kind of like eluded into the belief that you have to kill other women in order for you to be successful I think that is not true anymore we have a lot of movements like you know community over competition collaboration over competition and I think this has really helped women in general regardless of whether it's in a career or in business to actually move up together I think that's really important in today's day and age yeah yeah I agree and I also also think that, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot for myself in business and also in personal is that instead of focusing on lack, we all need to be focusing on abundance. You know, there's so much of everything to go around for everybody. You just get into such a better headspace on it all if you can really lean into that and to be like, this is abundant. What I have today is abundant instead of always focusing on like, what are the things that I don't have? And I think that that holds really, really true for business. I mean, for me, I'm in client services. So certainly in my in my industry, it holds true. But with anything, like if you think that everything around you is competition because there's scarcity, then you're going to behave a different way than if you really believe that there's plenty to go around for everybody. That's really nice. That's a really good advice about abundance. There's this like the universal belief that every single one of your sustenance has already been provided and already been marked out for you. So like you shouldn't just, you know, be, be thinking that, oh, I can't be successful because, you know, that woman out there is... Uh, taking parts of my pie and I think you have just pointed it out right there that abundance is there and it's meant for everyone yeah <laughs> all right so that ties in nicely with the next question that I have for you which is like what are some of the lessons on entrepreneurship that you can share especially being a young woman entrepreneur yourself my god I have so many <laughs> <laughs> so my first lesson that I tell all women or all people who are wanting to embark on um, something entrepreneurial and they have so much excitement and so much passion for their idea, all of which is amazing and 
and you need that. But the one thing that I see over and over again with myself and kind of with everybody around me is that it's very, very likely that your first partnership will fail. (laughs) And so this is what I say to everybody who comes to me for advice on starting a business with another person, do it jump off the cliff, take the chance. It's You're going to learn so much about the business idea, about yourself, about this other person, about how you like to work, but structure it so that if you do need to like break up with this person at some point, you know, you're not so caught off guard and it doesn't become super messy. And that I think is a really big one because, you know, entrepreneurship is all about optimism and really believing it's all going to work out and that you're going to rise to the top. I don't think you could be a sustained entrepreneur without that like total optimism. But I do see over and over again that this happens because I think until you really go out on your own, you don't know what your work ethic as a business owner is like, what your partner's work ethic, you, I think it takes a long time to figure out what your role is. And, you know, because at the beginning of a company, everyone is doing everything and you dive in really deep. And then as time goes on, you have to really like stay in your lane. And so what is your lane? And what does that mean? And Mm -hmm. somebody wants to move to England and you're in New York and the business is in New York and all these things keep coming up. And so that's like my biggest piece of advice to new entrepreneurs. My other piece of advice is that a lot of new entrepreneurs come to me and they say, you know, I really want to start my own business because, you know, I really want flexible hours. Like I think that there's a lot of glossing over what it means to be a business owner. And, you know, I don't want to be the person who's like shattering people's dreams, but I also I think it's important to be incredibly realistic about the fact that like being a business owner is 24-7. It's full on, especially, you know, like when it's just you and or one other person and you don't have a staff and you don't have payroll, you know, the stakes are a little bit lower. But like once you have a team and people are really relying on you, I mean, I think that you have to be just conscious of the fact that the life of an entrepreneur is not an easy, carefree one. I would honestly say that it's the opposite of that. I mean, the rewards of owning your own business for me outweigh all of these other things and all the negatives but like you have to have a stomach of steel in order to be an entrepreneur (laughs) and it's stressful and it's it's the most exciting thing in the world and it's incredible but the highs are really high and the lows are really low and I like to warn people a little bit very nicely and gently of the sugar coating that they're doing in their own brain is great to a certain extent, but I also think of some realism has to kick in of the fact that, you know, you're taking on a really big responsibility yourself. Um, you know, like you're going and you're betting on yourself and that's hard work and you have to really commit to that. Those are a couple of things that I really like to talk to people about. But then, yeah, I think also just being on a constant journey of like self-awareness and professional development is really helpful as an entrepreneur because you are a lone soldier and this business I've had now for eight years and I work with an executive coach and I have a lot of business advisors and I've also built a really amazing group of mentors, which has been incredibly, incredibly valuable. I think mentorship is amazing. I have, you know, a couple of people who I was very boldly asked them once I met them and I saw that there was not only a personality fit, but a role fit. Like these are people who really understood my business or people who were 20 years ahead of me and have the same job of me, but they're 20 years ahead in their careers. Um, And I was very upfront and I said, Hey, I, this is amazing. Can you please be one of my mentors? Like I really see value for me (laughs) and being able to talk to you and being able to ask you to meet me for coffee once or twice a year, or like if I'm really going through a problem that I need help solving. And I really picked a very small amount of people, but in 
cultivating those relationships have been incredibly, incredibly valuable. And I honestly don't know what I would do without some of these mentors. So that's another really, really big piece of advice. And then maybe just my last one is like, if this is really your path, then commit to it and be realistic, but do stay positive and really always just internalize the wins and know that the pendulum is always going to swing the other way. And you have to know how to celebrate the highs and you know, you have to know how to get through the lows. But again, like I believe the payoff is always worth it because you get to like move at your own pace and bring ideas into the world that you feel really strongly about. And that's really powerful. And that's a really lucky, that's a really lucky position to be in. And, you know, it's a really incredible place to be. That's nice, Ruthie. You know, just now when you mentioned about, um, you know, basically starting a business is all like rainbows and butterflies and that magical realism that is implanted in the minds of any entrepreneur when they are starting out is actually quite true. And uh, well, the truth of the day is you and I both know that running a business is not easy. It takes a lot of commitment. It's like basically having uh, another spouse in your life, for example. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And you pointed it out like so concisely in that sense. I really felt that what you said was the essence of being an entrepreneur. So that kind of ties in nicely. I really want to ask you about what's your opinion on female entrepreneurship? Do you think the whole idea of women entrepreneurship, women empowerment is a little bit too much that's going on in this space? Or do you think that this is the right time for us to be discussing and talking and empowering one another? I think it's always the right time. I was just thinking about this this morning on my way into the office here of there's so much focus right now on, you know, female CEOs that are pregnant. And there is, you know, a headline on a big magazine here just this month of look at this woman's young woman who's a CEO of a big startup and she's pregnant and female CEOs are, you know, pregnant women are finally CEOs and like pregnant women have been CEOs for a really, really long time. (laughs) And I understand now that there's more room to talk about it. And I think that it's always great to put shine on people and women who are doing amazing things and who are taking chances and who are driving progress through creativity and fierce business savvy. Like that's always amazing. I am a little bit caught off guard by like this headline in particular, like really threw me and I was like very upset for like (laughs) a few days of this, this notion of like pregnant women are finally CEOs. Like maybe pregnant women of really well-funded startups, maybe, but like pregnant women and women and mothers have been CEOs forever, for decades. And, you know, I I get frustrated when people say like, this is the year of the woman because I'm a woman and I'm 37. And for all 37 years of my life, I hope it's has been the year of the woman. I, I think there's always a time to talk about it. I think it's great that people who weren't talking about it before feel more comfortable talking about it. But I'm the type of person where like it never got in my way. And I don't think it ever will. And it's great that the conversation is happening. But it's also not a it's not a new conversation to me. If it's now feels more open and accessible for more people to join it that's better than the opposite but like to me it's a given and to me having to constantly talk about the 
women are rising is is a little bit frustrating because there have been so many amazing women who've paved the way and i don't want us to forget that this has been going on for decades yes i think it has always been happening and to particularly point out pregnant women as ceos i think there's something ironous about that right there yeah I was like so angry and I was like, yeah, my company is not as big as this woman's company, but I was a pregnant CEO. Like, <laughs> you know, there are tons of women business leaders who are juggling it all and who've come to work every day when they're nauseous and <laughs> waddling at 38 weeks pregnant, you know, like we, this is what women do. Like this is, this is what we do. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so talking about women CEOs, what is in line for the participation agency coming down the road, maybe six months down the road? Yeah, thank you for asking. We are really growing our company. We are expanding our footprint. So right now, like our main office is in New York, but we have people in LA and San Francisco, and we've started doing projects in a couple of big cities in Asia, and that's been really exciting for us. We are always taking on new clients that are very, very aligned with our values, where company really focused on innovation, best in class, and some sort of focus of sustainability or inclusion and diversity. So we're very values-driven company. We are about to launch a really big project called Without Plastic, which is a big initiative to get people all over the place committing to a life with a lot less waste and specifically a lot less plastic. And we're rolling out a big digital strategy around that. And we're going to have some live events popping up around that as well. Um, And one of the big tenets of that program is that we've spelled out like a hundred points of change. The website is so, so beautiful and so cool. And on it, you can find a hundred different ways that any person can make, start to make small changes in their life to help make the world like a cleaner, more sustainable place. So that's a really big one for us. We are always launching our own projects. So in addition to doing client-driven work, if there's a creative idea that we really believe in, we'll put the risk behind it, the creative and financial risk, and we'll bring it into the world. And then we'll bring brand partners on at the back end. And then we're really just constantly trying to innovate within the agency model. My partner and I, you know, we started an agency, but neither of us have agency backgrounds. And so we really have the freedom to constantly reinvent what that means for us. And ways in which we've done that is that we have brands that are clients, but we also have cities that are clients. And we also have real estate developers that are clients. And any brand or company or city that wants to become relevant in culture again, that's aligned with our values as somebody that's worth us having a conversation with. We go into really interesting cities and interesting places. And, you know, we're really just always saying the agency model is a pretty broken model. So how can we always be 10 steps ahead of the game of redefining what a business like this even looks like today? It's really commendable because I personally have tried building an agency and it doesn't really work out for me. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And for you to be able to sustain for so long, I think that is really commendable. The amount of clientele and the type of clients that you get, I think that's really, really interesting. I believe you have already found that sort of a a niche in in the sense for your business itself. Yeah, well, when we started the company, um, you know, it was just two of us and we said, now's the time to start a company like this with a very specific point of view. And if we could start it with a point of view and we can do a couple of good projects to kick us off, we'll be in a good place to really kind of run with it, which is what we did because our world of experiential marketing is really, really 
cluttered and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so you have to really clear on what it means to you and you have to like stake your claim on a vision or else if you say to me always like if you say you do everything it means you do nothing and so we're very very specific in what we say we do and the kind of projects we bring into the world because having a point of view has really set us apart that's nice so how can our listeners get in touch with you there is an email address called we we at this is the pa.com and our website is this is the pa.com if you email we at this is the pa.com it will get to me mm, that's nice yes so any like last words of wisdom for our listeners i think to all the young women out there be really confident i mentor a lot of women and one thing that i'm seeing a lot is that young women like in their 20s who are newer to their careers five or seven years in are really taking on their manager's narrative of what their skill set is and i think that don't do that because you're your own person and you know your skills and you know your sweet spot i always say to people like you should know your superpower and if you're still worth redefining what that is that's totally great but like start to really know your superpower and don't let anybody take that away from you oh and it's so nice and all of us are super women inside yeah yeah <laughs> okay thank you so much rudy for being on the show thank you Hold on, before you go, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcast. It will help me reach more people and help me know exactly what type of episodes to produce for you. And when you have completed that, I want you to send over a screenshot and send it over to reviews at fembrinersecrets.com to receive a special free gift from us. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Secrets or connect with us on our website www.fempreneursecrets.com Keep learning and keep believing in yourself because the world needs an inspiration just like you. Till the next episode of Fempreneur Secrets Podcast.